Every human being who reaches the age of understanding of the purpose of money wishes for it. Wishing will not bring riches, but desiring riches with a state of mind that becomes an obsession, then planning definite ways and means to acquire riches and backing those plans with persistence, which does not recognize failure, will bring riches. Welcome to the Freelance to Full-Time podcast. I'm your host, Precious Henshaw, and I've been in e-commerce for over a decade. I started my first creative business in 2012 on Etsy as an 18-year-old college student, but never really had the time to grow my business to where I wanted it to be until now. I'm scaling up from freelance creative work to earning a full-time sustainable income online, and I'm sharing tips, tricks, and strategies with you that I've learned along the way that are helping me get closer to my full-time goals. Follow me as I talk entrepreneurship, successes and struggles, and the strategies I'm using to build a business that supports my lifestyle so that you too can achieve your wildest dreams. I can't wait to take you on this journey with me. Let's begin. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in to the Freelance to Full-Time podcast. This episode is part three of a four-part book series where I'll be sharing and discussing advice from my favorite books on entrepreneurship, money, and success, and how the advice from these books are helping me make more in my business this year. I consider these books required reading for entrepreneurs. These are written about some of the most successful people in history by some of the most successful people in history. This is inner circle knowledge and insight, ideas and strategies that at one time were not accessible to the average person like me or you. Luckily for us, we now have access to the framework these high achieving business owners used, and we can use this advice to our advantage to help us achieve success in our businesses too. This episode is called How to Think and Grow Rich, and the book I'll be sharing from is called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This was published in 1937 and has since sold over 15 million copies worldwide. It helps entrepreneurs examine the psychological power of thought and the brain in furthering your business financially and also for personal fulfillment. This is what I've always been saying. Everything starts with your mindset. And this book breaks down the psychology of successful people and how achieving your big, bold goals starts with your thoughts. Having the ability to shift and control your thinking is what will make or break you as a business owner. It will determine whether you succeed in your entrepreneur journey. So let's get into nine of Napoleon Hill's laws of success as written in Think and Grow Rich. But before I get into this episode, if you have found this podcast helpful and inspiring in your journey, if you learned something new or I gave you an idea that helped you in your business, could you kindly take a few seconds to leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, or leave a like and a comment on YouTube or TikTok if that's where you're watching? This tells the platform that you find my podcast valuable, and it helps my podcast rank higher so that more creatives like you can find it. I really appreciate it, and I love to shout out the people who leave comments and reviews, and I can't wait to shout you out when I read yours. I love this comment from one of my listeners, Chakra Wanda Creates. Here's what it says. I'm following and trying to catch up on all your episodes and applying the knowledge over time. Thank you for what you shared. It's awesome. Thank you for listening and for binging my episodes. I'm really glad it's helpful and I'm especially glad you're actually applying the knowledge over time. That's an important step, taking action. You will not see progress in your business growth unless you actually put my advice into practice in your own business. 
Keep up the great work and stay tuned. So the first principle of success is desire. From the book, The Starting Point of All Achievement, The First Step Toward Riches. Every human being who reaches the age of understanding of the purpose of money wishes for it. Wishing will not bring riches, but desiring riches with a state of mind that becomes an obsession, then planning definite ways and means to acquire riches and backing those plans with persistence, which does not recognize failure, will bring riches. This method by which desire for riches can be transmuted into its financial equivalent consists of six definite practical steps. First, fix in your mind the exact amount of money you desire. It is not sufficient merely to say, I want plenty of money. Be definite as to the amount. There's a psychological reason for definiteness, which will be described in a subsequent chapter. Second, Determine exactly what you intend to give in return for the money you desire. There is no such reality as something for nothing. Third, establish a definite date when you intend to possess the money you desire. Fourth, create a definite plan for carrying out your desire and begin at once, whether you are ready or not, to put this plan into action. Fifth, write out a clear, concise statement of the amount of money you intend to acquire, name the time limit for its acquisition, state what you intend to give in return for the money, and describe clearly the plan through which you intend to accumulate it. Sixth, read your written statement aloud twice daily, once just before retiring at night and once after arising in the morning. As you read, see and feel and believe yourself already in possession of the money. It is important that you follow the instructions described in these six steps. It is essentially important that you observe and follow the instructions in the sixth paragraph. You may complain that it is impossible for you to see yourself in possession of the money before you actually have it. Here is where a burning desire will come to your aid. If you truly desire money so keenly that your desire is an obsession, you will have no difficulty in convincing yourself that you will acquire it. The object is to want money and to become so determined to have it that you convince yourself you will have it. Only those who become money conscious ever accumulate great riches. Money consciousness means that the mind has become so thoroughly saturated with the desire for money that one can see oneself already in possession of it. So remember episode 13 on how I am manifesting my business goals through thought and episode 61 on seeing what happened after I did this for a year? This is how I've executed this principle, speaking my desires daily as mantras into reality and visualizing myself having already achieved it. This fuels me to make moves to get closer and closer to those goals. And it works. In only a year, I achieved most of my goals, which you can listen to in episode 61. And I'm going to revisit my goals again after two years to see how much further I've come, simply by speaking my desires out loud every day and visualizing myself already there. But after reading Think and Grow Rich, I actually ended up going even further with my mantras and coming up with a number for how much money I want to make, visualizing myself having that money and figuring out how I'm actually going to require it. I talk about this in episode 94. This makes my goals that much more concrete and realistic and I can actually set financial goals to achieve what I desire. The second principle of success is faith. From the book, Visualization of and Belief in Attainment of Desire, the Second Step Toward Riches. Faith is the head chemist of the mind. When faith is blended with the vibration of thought, the subconscious mind instantly picks up the vibration, translates it into its spiritual equivalent, and transmits it into infinite intelligence. The method by which one develops faith 
where it does not already exist is extremely difficult to describe, almost as difficult, in fact, as it would be to describe the color of red to a blind man who has never seen color and has nothing with which to compare what you describe to him. Faith is a state of mind which you may develop at will after you have mastered the 13 principles because it is a statement of mind which develops voluntarily through application and use of these principles. Repetition of affirmation of orders to your subconscious mind is the only known method of voluntarily develop the emotion of faith. So again, going back to my episodes on manifestation, it's useless for me to repeat my desires out loud if I don't actually believe I'll get there. That's why visualizing yourself having achieved your goals is important. What does being a successful business owner making good money physically feel like? Are you living in your dream house? What does that house look like? Imagine yourself getting to wake up there, not having to commute to a job you don't like. What does that feel like? Peaceful? Do you actually believe you deserve that life? Because if you don't, trying to visualize yourself there will probably feel uncomfortable and the vision will look muddy. Keep doing it though until the vision becomes crystal clear and you accept that life you're after is yours and within your control. All you have to do is continue this practice daily, which will help shift your mindset in a way that will make you automatically start making moves toward that life. Once you realize that you're making those moves automatically, the faith will come. It's almost like confidence and courage, which I talk about in episode 103. Courage has to precede confidence. Similarly, desire precedes faith. The third principle is auto-suggestion from the book, the medium for influencing the subconscious mind, the third step toward riches. Auto-suggestion is a term which applies to all suggestions and all self-administered stimuli which reach one's mind through the five senses. Stated in another way, Auto-suggestion is self-suggestion. It's the agency of communication between that part of the mind where conscious thought takes place and that which serves as the seat of action for the subconscious mind. Through the dominating thoughts which one permits to remain in the conscious mind, whether these thoughts be negative or positive, is immaterial. The principle of auto-suggestion voluntarily reaches the subconscious mind and influences it with these thoughts. No thought, whether it be negative or positive, can enter the subconscious mind without the aid of the principle of auto-suggestion, with the exception of thoughts picked up from the ether. Stated differently, all sense impressions which are perceived through the five senses are stopped by the conscious thinking mind and may be either passed on to the subconscious mind or rejected at will. The conscious faculty serves, therefore, as an outer guard to the approach of the subconscious. Nature has so built man that he has absolute control over the material which reaches his subconscious mind through his five senses, although this is not meant to be construed as a statement that man always exercises this control. In the great majority of instances, he does not exercise it, which explains why so many people go through life in poverty. So what this is saying is that you have control over the things that reach your subconscious mind. Let's say, for example, someone calls you ugly. Two things can happen. Either you internalize it and allow that comment to hurt you and lower your self-esteem, or you brush it off and ignore the comment. Auto-suggestion, aka self-suggestion, implies that you have control of the things that enter your subconscious. So if you internalize a negative comment, you have lost control over your own mind. Pretty crazy, right? If you internalize negative comments, that means subconsciously you actually believe it. And because you lost control, 
That comment will now affect your emotional and mental state. You'll view yourself in a negative light and every action you take will be a reflection of a lowered self-esteem. This is about exercising absolute control over what you allow to enter your subconscious, what you allow yourself to internalize. This is not an easy process and most people don't have control over what enters their subconscious. That's why mindset shifting is difficult. It requires daily practice to achieve. So when it comes to your business, similarly, if somebody casts doubt on your goals or even if a customer leaves a nasty review, if you have full control over what enters your subconscious, these things will not phase you. The important takeaway is that you are in full control of what you internalize. Either you believe what people say about you or you reject it. If somebody calls me ugly, no, I reject that notion and there's absolutely nothing anybody can do to convince me that I'm ugly. That's because I exercise control over what enters my subconscious mind. As a result, my self-esteem is at an all-time high. It's like telling me water is dry. It's just not true. Similarly, if somebody tells me my business goals aren't achievable, I reject that. Nope, not true. And because I've done the work to get myself to this mindset, nothing can psych me out or make me doubt myself. When I go into a meditative state and speak my desires out loud, it helps bring me back into focus. I push away all of the doubts that other people have planted in me, and I truly feel myself having achieved my desires. Practice makes perfect. It takes a long time to unbrainwash yourself into believing that yes, growing a full-time creative business is very possible and no, you don't have to be an employee and work a job you hate. We have a lot of unlearning to do on this journey. If you ended up reading The 48 Laws of Power after listening to episode 105, law number three is about making your move silently. The people in your life can psych you out either intentionally or unintentionally, and all it takes is for them to say something that can crush your dreams or make you feel unworthy or like it's impossible to achieve. Make your moves in private and keep those voices out and realign by going to a quiet place and speaking your desires out loud so that it reaches your subconscious and so that your dreams can start becoming reality through the actions you start taking. The fourth principle is acquiring specialized knowledge. In the book, Personal Experience or Observations, the fourth step toward riches. There are two kinds of knowledge. One is general, the other is specialized. General knowledge, no matter how great in quantity or variety it may be, is of but little use in the accumulation of money. The faculties the great universities possess in the aggregate practically every form of general knowledge known to civilization. Most of the professors have but little or no money. They specialize on teaching knowledge, but they do not specialize on the organization or the use of the knowledge. Knowledge will not attract money unless it is organized and intelligently directed through practical plans of action to the definite end of accumulation of money. Lack of understanding of this fact has been the source of confusion to millions of people who falsely believe that knowledge is power. It is nothing of the sort. Knowledge is only potential power. It becomes power only when and if it is organized into definite plans of action and directed to a definite end. Ooh, I love this one. And that's why on my podcast, I don't just share advice. I also give you practical steps to achieve success for yourself. Knowledge does nothing unless you can take action from it. Intelligence is the ability to apply knowledge. 
So you can know a lot of things about creative business from my podcast, but if you don't actually do anything with the knowledge, you will still be in the same place a year from now. Imagine how far you'll actually go by applying the tips you've learned from me. Remember episode 90 on masculine and feminine traits in business? Nothing is created without thought followed by action. You will not progress with just knowledge. You move forward by applying knowledge to your business and you won't be able to effectively apply knowledge unless you can figure out how to organize the knowledge into a practical step-by-step plan of action. That's why I was hired as a business consultant, which I talk more about in episode 88. My client had the knowledge, but he didn't know what to do with it, and I gave him the steps to see success in his business. Acquiring specialized knowledge is invaluable, and as a business owner, you should always be seeking out specialized knowledge, which includes the action steps and not just generalized knowledge. The fifth principle is imagination from the book. Imagination, the workshop of the mind, the fifth step toward riches. The imagination is literally the workshop wherein are fashioned all plans created by man. The impulse, the desire is given shape, form, and action through the aid of the imaginative faculty of the mind. It has been said that man can create anything which he can imagine. So this goes back to my manifestation episodes 13 and 61 when I speak my desires out loud and into reality. What's really important is that I also visualize my own success. I think about what it feels like to make as much money in my business and even more than I do at my job. There's so much freedom and power in that and it's a beautiful feeling. I physically feel what that's like and I put myself in that headspace, and I become that person who has made it. I know I can create that reality for myself, and I already am. I am putting in the work and the action to achieve my desires, and I'm seeing results, which is getting me closer to that image I see when I visualize my success. The sixth principle is organized planning. From the book, organized planning, the crystallization of desire into action the sixth step toward riches. You have learned that everything man creates or acquires begins in the form of desire. That desire is taken on the first lap of its journey from the abstract to the concrete into the workshop of the imagination, where plans for its transition are created and organized. In chapter two, you were instructed to take six definite practical steps as you first move in translating the desire for money into its monetary equivalent. One of these steps is the formation of a definite practical plan or plans through which this transformation may be made. You will now be instructed how to build plans which will be practical. A, ally yourself with a group of as many people as you may need for the creation and carrying out of your plan or plans for the accumulation of money, making use of the mastermind principle described in a later chapter. Compliance with this instruction is absolutely essential. Do not neglect it. B, before forming your mastermind alliance, decide what advantages and benefits you may offer the individual members of your group in return for their cooperation. No one will work indefinitely without some form of compensation. No intelligent person will either request or expect another to work without adequate compensation, although this may not always be in the form of money. C, Arrange to meet with the members of your mastermind group at least twice a week, and more often if possible, until you have jointly perfected the necessary plan or plans for the accumulation of money. D. Maintain perfect harmony between yourself and every member of your mastermind group. 
If you fail to carry out this instruction to the letter, you may expect to meet with failure. The mastermind principle cannot obtain where perfect harmony does not prevail. So this is about building a practical plan which will more than likely involve other people. Building a team of people that will help you achieve your business goals. This doesn't have to be a big team. You can start with just one assistant and work your way up as needed. I talk about hiring my first assistant in episode 18, and one of my listeners, Matt, talks about his experience hiring his first assistant in episode 99. In order for this to work, you must be providing your staff with something of value, money, but also benefits, something they want in exchange for their work. Then there's communication, effectively communicating your vision and ideas to them so that they can execute. The mastermind technique is about different ideas coming together different brains forming one powerful mind. Your assistant might give you an idea you would have never even thought about. Building a team of people all working toward the same goal is key to growing a sustainable business. Everyone is working in their zone of genius and your business can become a well-oiled machine when you work with the right people and when all of the work isn't placed on you. The seventh principle is decision. From the book, decision, the mastery of procrastination, the seventh step toward riches. Accurate analysis of over 25,000 men and women who have experienced failure disclosed that lack of decision was near the head of the list of the 30 major causes of failure. This is no mere statement of a theory, it's a fact. Procrastination, the opposite of decision, is a common enemy which practically every man must conquer. You will have an opportunity to test your capacity to reach quick and definite decisions when you finish reading this book and are ready to begin putting into action the principles which it describes. Analysis of several hundred people who had accumulated fortunes well beyond the million dollar mark disclosed the fact that every one of them had the habit of reaching decisions promptly and of changing these decisions slowly if and when they were changed. People who fail to accumulate money without exception have the habit of reaching decisions, if at all, very slowly and of changing these decisions quickly and often. I love this because sitting on a decision too long in business can be detrimental. When I talked about having a high volume month, episode 64, getting over 2000 orders, timing had everything to do with that. And if I had sat in indecision, that would have never happened. It's really important not to procrastinate when it comes to taking action that can have a big impact on your business. What helps you with procrastination are the previous steps, having a strong desire to achieve your goals, visualizing it, and creating a tangible plan for achievement. If you're truly following these steps, it will become easier for you to make quick decisions, especially because of that burning desire. That desire is what gets me going every day. There's no way I'm procrastinating and leaving money on the table, no way. The eighth principle is persistence. From the book, persistence, the sustained effort, necessary to induce faith, the eighth step toward riches. Persistence is an essential factor in the procedure of transmuting desire into its monetary equivalent. The basis of persistence is the power of will. Willpower and desire, when properly combined, make an irresistible pair. Men who accumulate great fortunes are generally known as cold-blooded and sometimes ruthless. Often they are misunderstood. What they have is willpower, which they mix with persistence and place back of their desires to ensure the attainment of their objectives. So a lot of these principles tie into one another. He talks about persistence being a combination of willpower and desire. Willpower leads to action. When you have a strong burning desire for something, it's willpower that takes that desire 
and makes it reality. But this willpower needs to be sustained for a long period of time. I talk about this in episode 96 on motivation versus inspiration. Inspiration and desire help you achieve the constant, consistent willpower you need to accomplish your goals. The ninth principle is the power of the mastermind. From the book, Power of the Mastermind, The Driving Force, The Ninth Step Toward Riches. Power is essential for success in the accumulation of money. Plans are inert and useless without sufficient power to translate them into action. This chapter will describe the method by which an individual may attain and apply power. Power may be defined as organized and intelligently directed knowledge. Power, as the term is here used, refers to organized effort, sufficient to enable an individual to transmute desire into its monetary equivalent. Organized effort is produced through the coordination of effort of two or more people who work toward a definite end in a spirit of harmony. Power is required for the accumulation of money. Power is necessary for the retention of money after it has been accumulated. So this is why it's so important when you're hiring people to hire specialists, people who are really good in the area that you're hiring for. My graphic designers who make artwork and designs for me are way better at it than me. That's how it should be. Their knowledge of designs, my analytics team's knowledge of analysis of what's selling and what's not, combined with my ability to see the future of my business is powerful. I've organized a schedule for everyone involved in my business to keep my business running like a well-oiled machine. I have my seasonal graphics made months ahead of time so that by the time people start shopping for that particular season, it's already been created and uploaded to my store. And my analytics team works weekly to collect data for my store so that I can see what's working and what isn't. This helps me see sales trends throughout the year. And everybody who works in my business is a specialist in what they do. They are working in their zone of genius and bringing ideas that I or others would have never thought of. Everyone is working toward a goal, the goal that will fulfill our desires. So there you have nine laws of financial success in business. Desire, faith, self-suggestion, which is control over what enters your subconscious, acquiring specialized knowledge, imagination, organized planning, decision, persistence, and the power of the mastermind. There are actually more principles, 13 total. So if you want to get even deeper into this text to learn and practice these laws of success, check out Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You can listen to it on Audible while you're working. What did you think of this episode? Let me know in the comments below or take a screenshot and share your thoughts with me on Instagram at Freelance to Full Time. And until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Freelance to Full Time podcast. If you found this episode helpful, leave a like and a comment below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the audio, take a screenshot and share your thoughts with me on my Instagram at freelance to full time. Also, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. This helps my podcast rank higher and helps me reach more creatives with big goals and dreams just like you and me. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Until next time, friends, take care.